It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. All right, everybody, let's do this. It is time for the regular season to begin on Wednesday night. The Pistons will open up the 2019-2020 season in Indiana against the Pacers. And then Thursday night, right back here at Little Caesars Arena, the home opener against the Atlanta Hawks, both games at 7 o'clock. We welcome you into Wired, the official Pistons podcast at Pistons.com. Matt Derry with you, brought to you by our friends at Jeep. Chris Denary, the TV play-by-play voice of the Pacers, will join me momentarily as we will preview the upcoming opening night game here on Wednesday night for Detroit and Indiana. Two teams in very similar spots, kind of middle of the pack of the Eastern Conference playoff race. Both teams have some roster turnover, especially the Pacers. We'll get Chris's thoughts on the matchup and his thoughts on Detroit and the rest of the league coming up. News of the day, and it's not good news, certainly, as the Pistons make it official But they're all everything forward, they're all-star, they're franchise player Blake Griffin not traveling to Indianapolis as he continues treatment and conditioning regimen, a conditioning and treatment regimen for a left hamstring injury and also for a posterior knee soreness issue. Uh, Blake's going to be reevaluated for a return to action the first week of November, but you got to figure here at least for the next uh, two weeks Blake Griffin will be out of action and not be available for the Pistons. It's a huge blow for the team. We've talked about uh, just, you know, everything that Blake Griffin brings to the table, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, leadership, everything runs through number 23. And now, at least for the start of the season, he will be out. Biggest thing, and I think Dwayne Casey's talked about it before, and, you know, the front office, I think, also echoes this, is the last thing you want to be doing is throwing Blake Griffin out there at the start of the season if he's hobbled on one leg. There's no reason to do that. Let's get him healthy. Let's get him ready for the regular season whenever that regular season starts for him, and that will only make this team that much better. Also, it's time to see some of these young guys. It's time to see if some of these bit players can become big-time players and become players that the Pistons really can rely on. You know, you look at it and you say, all right, Is it time for Luke Kennard to take that next step? Everybody believes that that next step will be taken this year by the left-hander Luke Kennard. Now he's got to prove it. Reggie Jackson on a contract year, in a contract year. Will he step up now and have to, you know, fill up that net with, with, with basketballs and hope to get paid probably somewhere else after this season? But he has that opportunity now to do that. Um, you know, Derek Rose, Markeith Morris, players that, that, that other teams passed on in free agency. Can they come in and, and earn their keep and, and become big-time contributors for this basketball team? It's a wait-and-see approach for all of that. And, heck, Markeith Morris may not even play in the opener on Wednesday night. He's been bothered by a back tightness, and he's listed as questionable. But regardless, it's an exciting time. It's the first of 82. And, you know, I, I think also a very, very big, you know, news story that, uh, that, that most people are talking about, but I think it's, it's something to watch, is the fact that Joe Johnson, who everybody thought would be on the roster, a former Arn Tellum client, a guy with so many years of pedigree, was sent packing by the Pistons on Tuesday as they finalized their roster and believed that the big man who had a very good preseason, Christian Wood, can add something to this team. Well, now, with Blake Griffin out, with the possibility of Marquise Morris not being available Wednesday night, Christian Wood, the former big man with the Pelicans, is going to get an opportunity. 
And you know, it just hasn't been the Pistons' luck over the last few years that they found a diamond in the rough, and that diamond in the rough turned out to be something. Maybe, just maybe, Christian Wood is going to be that guy. And I commend the front office for making a very tough decision. And Dwayne Casey said this on, on, uh, on Tuesday morning. This was a tough, tough call for him to have to tell Joe Johnson that he wasn't making the team. But they want to see what these young guys can do. What about Svee Mikhailuk and Kyrie Thomas and others? Can they, can they make enough shots to get enough minutes and be a part of this thing? We're going to find out starting Wednesday night in Indianapolis when the Pistons take on the Pacers. All right, our guest this week on Wired, let's bring him in. The Pistons will be in Indianapolis for the Wednesday night season opener. The voice of the Pacers on TV does a great job on Fox Sports Indiana with Quinn Buckner. The great Chris Denary joins me now. CD, what's going on, buddy? Hey, great to talk to you, Matt. Always, uh, we, we have a long history going way back, so uh, great to be with you. Awesome uh, to, to, to hear your voice. And look, season getting underway and kind of crazy. It's going to be no Blake Griffin for the Pistons and no Victor Oladipo for the Pacers, yet these two teams will see each other twice in the first week. How are you uh, preparing for tomorrow night? Well, I, I think the, the good news for the Pacers is that they uh, were able to come to an agreement with DeMontis Sabonis. I guess that was a little bit of a cloud hanging over uh, the franchise and the team, but but not a not a dark cloud. I, I thought all along that they would be able to come to an agreement on an extension, and they did. And I think it's very favorable for both uh, the Pacers and for DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, he's a key part uh, of this Pacers season this year as well as the future, and and so he'll be in the starting lineup uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, it, without Victor Oladipo, it's four brand-new starters alongside Miles Turner. Now, Sabonis was a part of the team a year ago uh, coming off the bench, but Jeremy Lamb, Malcolm Brogdon, T.J. Warren, all brand-new players uh, to this roster. So, um, you know, they're very enthusiastic, uh, even with Victor sidelined for a while. They think that they're uh, a definite playoff team, a, a team that is hopeful that they can contend for home court advantage in the first round. Uh, but I think at the same point, uh, you probably have to be a little patient because this is a group that has not played together only four games in the preseason and during training camp. So I'm sure there will be some hiccups along the way, but I, I I really applaud what uh, the Pacers management was able to do in sort of recreating this roster. And they now have a core group of players that, that should be together for the next two to three years. And I think, as you and I both know, in the NBA now, two to three years is a long time. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, Detroit, obviously, uh, not considered maybe a small market, but but the Pistons, it's, it's always difficult to try to lure free agents to a cold-weather city like this. And you know, Indianapolis, the same type of thing. You had the Paul George thing where he wasn't going to come back and, and everything else. These teams have to kind of build their rosters in, in similar fashions, do they not? Well, they do. Um, and the, the Pacers were were able to make that trade uh, for Paul George two years ago and get two starters, Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis, and that was huge. I mean, I think we both know the Pacers uh, nationally and, and even locally – by members of the media were panned for that trade. Did they get enough? But I think now, as you take a step back, and we know how good Paul George is, and now he's with the Clippers in L.A., is the Pacers came out of that very, very good. And and so, 
you have to be smart with how you draft. You have to be smart with how you approach free agency. I mean, you look at Detroit, they got a, an all-star caliber player in, in Blake Griffin through a trade, not necessarily through free agency. So um, you, you do have to be, um, you have to do things differently. There's no question about that because um, Indianapolis and, and Detroit the fact that they are sort of cold weather destinations, they're not necessarily free agent destinations, but I think the Pacers felt pretty good about what they were able to get this year. Malcolm Brogdon in a sign and trade wanted to, to be a Pacer. Jeremy Lamb made the decision to want to be a Pacer. So I think those are, are, are good signs and, 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 you know, that's, that's what the Pacers and, and the Pistons are up against. By the way, and we're talking to Chris Denary, voice of the Pacers on TV that that deal that Kevin Pritchard made, you know, and like you said at the time, ripped by everybody, heck, ripped by the the Cavs owner. Uh, that that'll go down as one of the better trades over the last 10, 20 years. It has to be because uh, Victor Oladipo comes out of it as a two-time All Star, and we know he's injured this year, and, and we don't know when he'll be back. And I think Demontis Sabonis in the Eastern Conference uh, could easily be an All Star in the next, uh, you know, two three years. So you're looking at a trade that potentially netted you two All-Stars for one of the most talented players in the league that quite honestly didn't want to stay in Indianapolis. So uh, the Pacers did come out, uh, you know, very good in that regard. Um, they, they held firm with what they were looking for. The one thing is uh, Herb Simon has always said he, he wants to be competitive. They, this has never been a franchise that, that wanted to quote-unquote tank. Um, or or do it through multiple draft picks. This is a franchise that wants to be very competitive, uh, wants to contend for the playoffs each and every year, and I think with uh, the acquisition of Oladipo and Sabonis, they were able to do that and, and should be able to do that going forward. Pistons have been the same way forever, uh, going back to Joe Dumars, Dan Van Gundy, and now Ed Stefanski. The, the word tank just does not seem to be in their vocabulary. When you prepare for, for Detroit, and you'll see them again, like we said, Chris, a couple of times here uh, in the first couple of weeks, um, and, and you prep and you study and you talk to Quinn about, about Andre Drummond, what are the discussions like? Well, I mean, he's a guy that can be so dominant. Uh, I mean, when he's, uh, and I've seen him against the Pacers uh, at a high level, uh, when he's scoring around the rim and dominating on the glass, I mean, he's just somebody that can create so many problems. And you know, Miles Turner at times has had difficulty with big bodies like Andre Drummond. And so I'm, I'm interested to see as Miles now goes into year five and is a little bit more physical and I think got some good experience playing with Team USA in, in, in the World Cup is, is how he deals with Andre Drummond. Um, and, and so, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, the numbers that you look at, are just ridiculous at times uh, with the number of rebounds that he gets and the number of points that he scores. So um, he's somebody you have to be very concerned about because if he gets it going, you have to pay so much attention to him that it allows other people out on the perimeter to, to have free looks at shots, whether they be from the mid range or whether they be from three point range. So I think in, in dealing with Drummond, you, you, you have to try to do, a decent enough job to keep his numbers down because uh, a lot of times so goes Drummond, so go the Pistons. It's interesting, too, without Blake Griffin now for this opening night game in, in, in at least a couple of weeks, it sounds like, you know, the Pistons, everything they did last year, Chris, and you saw this four times, 
ran through him. I mean, it was like point forward, Blake. It was. I mean, he did. He did everything. It was. It was one of the more miraculous uh, stories of last season. And now that uh, you know, now this puts a lot of burden burden on Reggie Jackson and certainly Derrick Rose too. Yeah, and, and you know, Rose is coming off such a great year, sort of a comeback year at Minnesota last year. I mean, I, I think many of us thought that that his career was all but over a couple of years ago, and so you're always happy to see a guy like that perform. And and they will expect more out of him, you know, now coming off the bench or you know whatever role he plays. I mean, he averaged about 18 points a game last year uh, at Minnesota, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, one of the the allures of the matchup on opening night was in the Pacers playing both Sabonis and Turner together, they were going up against a team that goes big with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond at the four and five, though Griffin has showed that propensity to really shoot the three over the last couple of years. So uh, interesting to see how the Pistons play and, and the different alignments that they can go with, you know, without Blake Griffin, clearly you want him on the floor, but it gives the Pistons an opportunity maybe to go smaller at times and, and try to force Indiana's hand with how they play on opening night. Detroit at Indiana, of course, Wednesday night for the opener. Chris Denary is the TV voice of the Indiana Pacers. All right, so with Oladipo out and, and the changes that have been made, uh, Holiday gone, and um, or excuse me, Collison gone, and others, uh, is, is Brogdon the, the, the guy handling the ball mo- the most for the, for the uh, Pacers tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he he's the guy that uh, they have brought in to run the show. Um, you know, the former rookie of the year was a second round draft pick and, you know, had a really good three year run in Milwaukee. And this is his chance, I think, to blossom um, op- the opening game um, in the preseason. He had a double double with 15 points and 14 rebounds or 14 assists over in India. So he's a guy that was a. Uh, a 50, 40, 90 guy a year ago. There's only been eight guys in NBA history that have done it that have shot 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the line. And he's one of those guys. Uh, I, I think the one thing that he gives the Pacers that they haven't had here in the last few years is a bigger guard. Um, the Pacers have had smaller guards with C, uh, with Corey Joseph and, and Darren Collison, but now Brogdon at about six foot five gives gives them some size in the backcourt. And what I've seen in the preseason is is he will make that skip pass that a lot of guards don't see that uh, it's not just a pass to the wing. It may be the skip pass to the corner. Uh, and and so he will be the lead guard uh, with Victor Oladipo out. Jeremy Lamb will start beside him. He was a free agent signee from uh, from Charlotte. And then you have T.J. Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. Uh, the bench, uh, you've got uh, Justin Holiday, the 30-year-old. He's the oldest pacer. He's bounced around the NBA but joins younger brother Aaron probably in that second unit. Um Goga Batadze is uh, the first-round draft pick from uh, the Republic of Georgia. We expect to see him from, you know, anywhere from 10 to 14 minutes per game. So it will definitely be a work in progress. There are so many new faces on the 15-man roster. There are seven new Pacers, and uh, three of those will be in the starting lineup, and a couple more will be in the 9- to 10-man rotation. And it's tough because you want to keep everybody. The the team had a nice little run the last couple of years, and – uh, you know, got to the playoffs, uh, and a guy like you know Bogey Bogdanovich was was he was a catalyst. I loved him, and then next thing you know, you know he's kind of the perfect pacer, and then boom, he's 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 kind of the perfect Utah Jazz guy now. If you if you if you know what I mean, reading through the lines, uh, 
that's got to be difficult to kind of turn a roster over, but uh, if anybody can do it, it's probably Nate McMillan, right? Yeah, I think the the one thing that he's done the last uh, number of years is built that culture, and it started two years ago when they made the trade, bringing Victor in, and, and they had guys bu- buying in. I mean, Collison, Joseph, Thaddeus Young, Bogdanovich, I mean, all were key players. But I think the one thing that this franchise wanted to do, especially after they were eliminated in the first round by Boston last year, is they needed to get more athletic, they needed to get younger, and they needed to have more offense. They averaged just 91 points per game in that Boston series and, and were swept 4 nothing. And all four games they had second-half leads. But you're just – Matt, you know as well as I do, in the NBA, you're not going to win many games averaging 91 points per game. So without Victor, they had to find a way – to score more um and the one thing that they've done with with the announcement last night of uh, sabonis agreeing to the extension they've got their top five or six players for the next two or three years and all are ages between 23 and 27 uh so the window is right what the pacers wanted um they were able to get younger more athletic and now have their top six or seven for the next two to three years, and I think that's very important for the continuity that they want to build going forward. You know, you're out there on the road with the team like every single night, and Indiana loves its basketball. And I know it took some time for the 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 fans there to warm back up to the Pacers after what took place here many years ago. But how difficult is it for these mid market teams, especially when you know these super teams are being built? And you know, here's Brooklyn in the East now. Once Durant gets healthy with Kyrie, it's it's not an easy uh, job for guys like Ed Stefanski or Kevin Pritchard, is it? No, it's not. But I think if you, you know, the, the Pacers uh, have had a great deal of success. They didn't win a championship like Detroit did in the early 2000s. They were right there. I think we remember Tayshawn Prince blocking Reggie Miller's shot at the rim that, that really cost the Pacers in that playoff series. But I think these are two franchises that have shown that you can do it. I mean, Detroit was in so many Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Pacers uh, have been in a ton of Eastern Conference Finals. I think if you look at the East and you eliminate what LeBron did with Cleveland, uh, you've got Boston, uh, Chicago, you have to go back to the 90s. But I, I think it's in the last 20 years. I, I put Detroit and Indiana right up there in the East with how many Eastern Conference Finals they've made. So it is difficult, but these are two franchises that – um, have been able to win games, have been able to um, you know, stay very competitive in the NBA. And I, I think that is a hats off uh, to ownership. It's a, a hats off to the people that run those franchises. And then most of all, to the coaching staffs that get the most out of their players. I look at this this game on Wednesday night and I say, all right, you know, if Markeith Morris is healthy and can play and fill in for Blake Griffin, that's a guy that can shoot the three. You mentioned all the new faces on the Pacers. They, boy, that starting five when they're out on the floor, out on the floor together, and you got a six-five point guard in Brogdon, those are all guys, and we've seen Domas uh, shoot some threes too. All can shoot from deep. Chris, the game's really changed, hasn't it, in terms of the uh, the emphasis on that three ball? Oh, it has, and and the Pacers have been somewhat slow to adapt to that, just based on personnel. Uh, they have been one of the better three-point shooting teams by percentage over the last couple of years. I think they've ranked top five or six, but they've always ranked in the bottom five as far as attempts are concerned. And I, I think that will change this year. Uh, I do think they're playing at a faster uh, pace. Uh, last year in the regular season, they were 
bottom six or seven in, in how fast they played here in the preseason. And again, it's the preseason, so it's hard to, to, to register those numbers. But they've been in the top five or six in how fast that they've played. That will probably end up, you know, being around uh, 15 or so. But I think that's important. I think Nate McMillan, uh, this is where he has given the keys to the car to Malcolm Brogdon. Nate's been one of those coaches that has been up um, in the past and, and, and called out a lot of sets. I noticed him during the preseason really sitting on the bench and letting Malcolm Brogdon control things. So I, I think that's the faith that they have put in Brogdon to to lead this team offensively. And, and what we saw in the preseason, uh, it worked out pretty well. All right. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be tuned into some of these games on Tuesday night as the season kind of kicks off here. And, of course, Pistons Pacers on Wednesday. Are, are you on the Lakers uh, hype train? Are you one of these guys picking them to come out of the West? I don't know if I'm on the hype train. I, I was going through their roster yesterday as I, I, I go through and prepare all my score sheets uh, on the computer, getting every team ready and, and doing all the things that I've done. I mean, they've got a lot of nice pieces. Um, I guess the biggest question is, is can LeBron stay healthy? I mean, uh, will he have a chip on his shoulder based on the fact that they did not make the playoffs last year? Um, I, I still don't know if they have enough. It, there's a, it's a better collection than they had last year. I think a lot of us could not figure out what they were doing last year and how they put that roster together. I think they've got some better pieces. I think adding somebody like Danny Green, um, Avery Bradley is a defensive specialist. But I don't know if I'm ready to go all in yet on, on the Lakers. I, I think watching the Western Conference, uh, you know, starting on Tuesday night, it there's probably uh, you know 11 teams battling for eight spots, um, and I think it's all going to be about who can stay healthy. Um, and, and, and get to April uh, in the best uh, place possible. I think you and I both look at our teams. Chris Denary, voice of the Pacers. Indiana is a playoff team. I, I believe the Pistons are a playoff team, although there are some that believe, uh-oh, if Blake Griffin's going to be out a while, who, who creeps up in the East, Chris, as you look up and down the, the standings possibly for, for 2019-20? Is there, is, there, is there a couple of sleepers that maybe uh, you see? Well, it's interesting. You know, most people have the Pacers a playoff team, and there are some that think because of the absence of Victor Oladipo that uh, the Pacers will fall out of that top eight. I'm not one of those. I think they've got to take advantage of the first part of the schedule. I'm, I'm a believer. Again, you want to see Blake Griffin come back. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that um, I, I'd much rather have uh, a Blake Griffin available and healthy for the Pistons than not watching one of the best players in the NBA sit on the sideline. So I do agree with you. I think these two teams are playoff teams. One of the teams that I'm, I'm, I'm focused on is Orlando. Do, do they back up what they did a year ago, or do they slide away like we saw them uh, under Frank Vogel for those two years? Because they basically have – the same roster they've had each of the last two or three years um how does jimmy butler um assimilate himself with that miami roster some people have them in the playoffs some people don't have them in the playoffs um you know toronto without Kawhi leonard where do they fit i, I think uh, i think there are probably you know three or four teams at the top uh philadelphia milwaukee boston uh, I, I think are, are surely among the top three. And then you you look at Toronto and Indiana and Detroit, 
um, in that next tier. And then you have Orlando and Miami um, in, in, the, in the next tier. Um, I think we'll have a little better feeling by January 1 after the first month and a half or, or a couple of months to know exactly what we're looking at in the Eastern Conference. Chris, always great visiting with you. Have a great call on uh, Wednesday night, sir. We'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks, Matt. Chris Denary, the TV play-by-play voice of the Indiana Pacers on Fox Sports Indiana alongside Quinn Buckner. And he'll be on the Indiana call on Wednesday night for the Pistons and the Pacers. The regular season opener tips off 7 o'clock. And don't forget, we hope to see a Little Caesars Arena on Thursday.